The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Cecily and the ins and outs of coffee, pumpkin spice edition. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate y'all being here. Market research we read has shown that even people who don't drink pumpkin spice latte and don't intend to still associate the tastes and smells of pumpkin with fall. And uh, marketing certainly helps with that. I'm told there are signs everywhere and I have been seeing it come up on my feed. My Starbucks app told me this Wednesday, the pumpkin spice latte was back in town. So leading up to this, there was a Facebook conversation that I had with my cousin. She was talking about how early it is for pumpkin spice. This was a couple weeks back. And subsequently, she sent me a TikTok video of a recipe. Um, I've changed it up some, but it's a sweet Southern couple making pumpkin spice syrup themselves. It was so quick and easy, I thought I would demonstrate it on here. I want to ask, first of all, though, if anyone on the call is actually intending to do it as I do it, please raise your hand and let me know that so that I don't go mm. too fast. I can be checking in with you. You're be kidding. No, you're good. Okay. Well, then I'll be doing it and talking about it. And if you have questions, let me know. I'm going to start with... What I would call a medium saucepan. I don't know how many quarts. This would probably hold six cups of water, but we don't need six cups of water. We need one and a half cups of water. I have my brailed measuring cups. They were a gift from my chapter uh, some years ago when I was an outgoing president. I don't use the clear liquid measuring cups. I use the dry measuring cups and just feel it when it's full of water. I just find that to be easier and that way I don't have to guess at the levels. So I'm going to get a cup and a half of water and a cup and a half of sugar and put it in a cold stock pot on a cold eye so that I can physically center it on the eye. And I don't have to be afraid. That's the water and the sugar. And what we're making just a simple syrup to start. So many of you have probably done that before. Lost my lid. There it is. This oven, I'm going to put this on. All right, Evan doesn't want to light. There we go. I use a different burner. Can you still see me with a different burner? I'm gonna adjust the camera a little bit in case anybody's watching. Those of you who didn't hear on the call, my mom, Cecily Senior, is the camera woman today, taking pictures. And we're just gently stirring and melting until the sugar dissolves. That's the goal with that. Meanwhile, okay, that's not going to light. That's okay. Um, things don't always go according to plan. Ingredients for this, like I said in the description, are just four ingredients, sugar, water, pumpkin pie spice, and pumpkin puree out of a can. Or, gosh, if you want to buy DC roasted puree of pumpkin, I guess you could. That would be the long way around. When this recipe was done originally, it was done with individual spices and not with pumpkin pie spice. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that just because of the difficulty level. But if you wanted to, if there's a certain spice in pumpkin spice spice that you don't care for, for example, a lot of what people might make as pumpkin spice coffee might be with the K-cups, especially I find the Starbucks brand of pumpkin spice coffee grounds have a juniper note 
It's very green and I don't care for it. So the, the Starbucks pumpkin flavor is out. I'm gonna talk a little bit later about another way to flavor your coffee yourself so that you can flavor the grounds and get the flavor that you want and the strength that you want. And I'm just feeling for no more grit on the bottom of the pan. And I believe that sugar is dissolved. So I'm going to move on to the spices. Now, if you wanted to blend your own spices, then rather than two tablespoons of pumpkin pie spice, you would just divide it up. And I am gonna lower the heat as I hear it starting to boil. This recipe is not meant to come to a boil at any point. I'm just gonna level off two tablespoons of pumpkin pie spice. I believe the spices used in the original recipe were whole cinnamon sticks, whole cloves, ground nutmeg, and ground ginger. So, but I mean, just the smell of that. Oh, that smells amazing. I love pumpkin spice. I had tried this recipe last year during pumpkin spice season. So that was two tablespoons of pumpkin spice powder. And then it's gonna be three tablespoons of pumpkin puree. And I will talk a little bit later about the cost. It is very reasonable what you get out of it and it's delicious. And I feel like if you wanted to, you could double this recipe with no problem. I'm gonna slip my pumpkin spice puree, my pumpkin puree back into the refrigerator. I find that one can has made so far two batches and there's plenty enough in there for it to make a third batch. So this is it, this is all your ingredients. You still stir this up a little bit until you feel it is combined. And I'm gonna feel like that's pretty good. If uh, you have one of these devices with this name, you are out of luck on this cooking show because I rely on it for my timings. So Echo, set a timer for five minutes. Five minutes, starting now. So this will not simmer. It should cook under the boiling point. If you hear it starting to simmer, lower the heat or take it off the heat. It's supposed to cook really low. This just opens up the spices and helps them to, to become alive. We looked up cost and you can buy your own pumpkin spice creamer for about $5. Um, you might find it for less. I find that it's hard to find at all and it's hard to find it when I want it. And if I want pumpkin spice in August, I wanna be able to do that. Another reason to make your own is you then have control, you know exactly how long it's been out. You can put more or less if you want a slight hint or versus a lot of it. Someone said, Monica said pumpkin spice syrup on uh, pancakes. That actually sounds wonderful to me. I had a maple pancake mix one of these days that was really good or maple bread. I feel like that'd be really good with this over it. And this recipe makes I'm holding up a standard liquid creamer bottle that uh, was Dunkin' Donuts creamer, I believe, and I emptied it, washed it, stripped off the paper so that I would know that the one with no paper is the one with my pumpkin spice. And we'll, we'll see when we put this in there. It probably comes up a third of the way full. So if you doubled the recipe, you know, it would be a comfortable fullness for this. Um, this recipe made eight servings for me. It might make more or less for you and just stir occasionally. Just so I never felt anything stick to the bottom when I made this the first time, but I'm just attentive to that in case it should try to stick. But it doesn't appear to be. And as far as the cost, we estimated when it came to the can of pumpkin puree, which was one of the smaller cans, um, it fits comfortably in your hand and not the larger cans that are, I think, a pound. It's not the 16. I believe it's 12 ounce can of pumpkin made three of these, at least three. So between the pumpkin, the sugar, the pumpkin spice, and if you were to, there's two choices. So you can save 
what I did, save the pumpkin spice syrup as its own thing in a container. Or it's also been recommended you mix it with cream to make pre-made creamer. I didn't do that because again, I wanted to control the amount of, of the liquid that was in each cup. One cup being light on the pumpkin spice and the next cup being heavy on it. So if you put it in heavy cream and include that cost, you are paying about 63 cents per serving for the syrup and cream. And then the K-cups I'm using right now are 33 cents each. So you're all in under a dollar for a pumpkin spice latte. When we priced it, it was $3 at Dunkin' and $5.50 at Starbucks for a grande or large, depending on where you are. So I would say, you know, that's, that's a pretty good deal. Just turning this up a little bit. It's hard to explain what I hear. Those of you who are blind cooks will know. You want to hear it heating up, but you don't want to hear it simmering. No, you're not going to hurt this though, I don't think. And, and I don't know. I guess you don't want to boil the spices. You just want them to open up and release their oils, which we should be getting close now. Echo, how much time is left? We have one minute and 10 seconds left on the five minute timer. One minute left. So I'll talk about the next supplies that you'll need, which will be a, a I'm using a Pyrex, a four cup Pyrex clear um, measuring cup for this because my chinoise or sieve needs to be a really fine sieve, will fit. Uh, right over the top of this four cup Pyrex. So you can use anything that your sieve will fit over. When I did this the first time, I, I let this come to a boil accidentally. So I'm cutting it off because it doesn't need to cook anymore. So I'm gonna start the cooling time here just as soon as she tells me that the, the cooking time has elapsed. So chinoise and a Pyrex and then the I made this the first time a year ago. I used a recipe that claimed to be a Starbucks recipe, but that recipe did not call for you to strain out anything. And I discovered, there's my time. Echo, add 10 minutes to the timer. 10 minutes added. 10 minutes added. Now I will remove this from the heat and let it start cooling. And put something on that eye just as a placeholder. The first time I made this over a year ago, I didn't strain it out. The recipe never told me to strain it out. And therefore it had a lot of grit and gunk in the bottom that I just didn't really care for. This recipe is strained with a fine sieve, which really makes for a better texture. You still need to stir it or shake it. And originally I put it in a jar. When I shook the jar, it, it allowed some of the liquid to seep out around the edges and crystallize. So that's when I came upon this empty creamer container that I can just gently shake to stir up the things. And I had the last cup last night and I didn't find any sludge in my cup. I was able to drink it down to the last sip. So while we're waiting on that to cool, and you, you see for the cooking step, how fast and easy that is. Oh, and it smells good, mom says in the kitchen. I'm going to move to, um, to brewing coffee. Because while we wait, second half of this is the coffee oils. This is a Cindy Hollis thing. She gave me the, the great suggestion that what if you wanted to flavor coffee, but you didn't want any of the sweetness that comes with it oftentimes. So there are, just a second. It's my measuring cup off. There are three ways that commercial companies flavor coffee beans. And this can be either flavoring the ground coffee or flavoring the roasted beans. They either will use syrups. That's the, the cheapest thing. That's what Starbucks does. If you get a mocha, you're getting pumps of mocha syrup. If you get a raspberry vanilla, you're getting raspberry and vanilla syrup. So it's very sweet. 
another way they flavor, if it's one of your more artisanal places, like for example, a, a local place that does their own roast, they might immerse the beans in with whole spices, whole cloves, whole cinnamon, whole nutmeg in with them and let them steep for a period of time. That's the same way you get coffee grounds that advertise whiskey flavor, oftentimes were aged in a whiskey barrel with spices. So that's, this, it can be a syrup, it can be a whole spice. But what I've discovered is this product and I'm really in love with it, it's a new product for me. It is, and I'm holding it up, what I'm holding is a tiny bottle. It's one dram, you know what that is. Seems to me like it would be like maybe a tablespoon if you poured it all out, maybe a little more. So I ordered, they're called Lore Anns, that's L-O-R-A-N-N-S oils. And they're, they're available on Amazon for $15, 14 something. I got this variety pack that has 12 oils. And I thought, great, I've got 12 tiny bottles and they're all identical, what am I gonna do with this? Seeing AI actually will read this. So there's a shout out to our Microsoft developers. There's a QR code on it, when you, or a barcode, and when you scan the barcode, it comes up with the flavor. This one happens to be maple, because I thought maple flavored coffee with pumpkin spice would be lovely. There are two sets of flavor collections in the sample pack. The sample pack that I got was what they call a savory sample pack. So remember the goal of this, these are essentially oils, distilled oils of flavoring that will flavor your grounds or your coffee beans without adding sugar. They are alcohol based. There's a tiny bit of alcohol in them, but that's not as if to say you're pouring the alcohol in because the amounts that you use range from just drops to you're measuring by the eighth teaspoon, so to speak. And I'll talk more about how much to use, but these oils are available on Amazon. And this is the sample pack of what they call the savory flavors, which is your mochas, cinnamon bun, um, maple. There's some weird ones like root beer, peanut butter, marshmallow. Do I want root beer coffee? Yeah, no, maybe not but that's okay, it's a sample pack. There's also a sample pack with fruit flavors, raspberry, cherry, strawberry, if you're looking for that kind of experience. Then once you find the one you like, then you can order a much larger bottle for about $12 that you could use over and over to flavor. So one of these tiny vials or one tablespoon of oil will flavor one pound of coffee. That's what I was told. It is a subtle flavor and you can, you know, do more or, or less. And because I'm about to be ready to mix this, I'm going to fill with water. This is my Stanley Camping French Press. If you attended the ins and outs of coffee, you will know That the Stanley French press is an all-in-one where you put the, I've filled it up to the tactile fill line. I'm turning it on. Echo, please set a timer for seven minutes. Second timer, seven minutes. And she boils, she, the French press pot, you put the water straight in, you put it straight on the stove and it's stainless steel, it boils on the stove. Then you add the grounds press down the plunger. It's just like a French press. It's just, it boils on the stove. So there's no pouring of boiling water. And those of you who are on the ins and outs of coffee with me before had helped me discover this. We went on Amazon and searched and this is one of the ones we came up with. So in any case, um, the other thing you can do with this, you can also add a drop of the oil to your cup. It's a lot of flavor if you add it straight into your cup. It's much more subtle if you add it to the ground. So I'm adding it to coarse ground decaf coffee grounds for this afternoon's demonstration. You may use the grounds of your choice. I've experimented with French roast and I discovered 
that a medium roast actually carries the flavor better because the darkness of the French is not competing with the, but I'm willing to go with French roast and have a little subtler additive flavor rather than to go with a medium roast because I just don't care for it. So this is, I believe, Pike's Place Decaf Coarse Brine. I'm using one eighth of a teaspoon of coffee oil, flavoring oil, to one half cup of coarse ground decaf grounds. I tried it just by the drop. I do have a dropper here. It's just one of these that you get with an essential oil when you order one, like if you use essential oil for your dog or for a diffuser in your house. So I just use the simple method that the smallest one on my spoon, tablespoon, teaspoon, half teaspoon, quarter teaspoon, eight teaspoon. So I'm going to open the maple flavoring. I've got my coarse ground coffee grounds in a bowl. I'm just going to mark the top with my finger so that I'll feel when it's full, and it is. Dump the coffee oils directly in to the bowl of coffee grounds. Get the cap back on that. Oh, it smells wonderful like maple. And then I'm going to take a fork and just stir it around so that it infuses through all the coffee grounds. Let me just stir it around, see if I can smell that. It's subtle, but I smell it. It's there. And it'll open up when the heat hits it too. The, the heat helps a lot with that. I'm tempted to add more, but I dare not. I don't want it to taste too much. Maple can be a strong flavor. So while we wait on these things, I want to stop and take questions and see if there's anyone who would like to raise their hand and, and ask anything or make a comment about anything we've talked about so far. Cindy? All right, Miss Lucy. All right. Okay. You knew I'd have questions. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, my sister uh, is on a total, well, I shouldn't say totally, but no added sugar diet because she uh, says that this will <clears throat> help her cancer. But anyway, um, so they use a sugar substitute. It's, oh, God, if I could think of the name of it, that'd be great. It's not stevia, but it's it's another one. And um, I think you can cook with it. So Echo stop. I'm just um, curious to know if you've ever heard of anybody that's made that syrup with a sugar substitute. Echo, stop. She has something to say. No, I, and we use Truvia around here. I have wanted to scale down the batch and just try that to see if it'll work with Truvia or Splenda or one of those Stevia. I wonder if it would. The only thing that holds me back is that it wouldn't be a one-to-one -one ratio, I wouldn't think, because those sweeteners are so much sweeter than sugar. Yeah, yeah. So would you use less of it? I would hope so, given how much it costs. Your, your sister yeah. does <laughs> But if yeah. I try it, Lucy, with the sugar substitute and it works, I will find you and let you know. All right. Thanks. Cool. Or we can, we can bring it up in the ins and outs of coffee 2023. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Many of you who are on this call have been on calls throughout, and I won't start naming you out because you know who you are, but thank you for coming back again so many you times. You bet. <laughs> Do we have any other hands? Yes, ma'am. I believe this is Calandra 682 area code. Can you hear me? Yep. Um, I have always been interested in pumpkin spice, but I've never actually made anything on the stove like that before. And um, you can get pumpkin spice cream um, at the dollar store, but now will the same thing work in the microwave when you mix it or do you have to use a stove? If you were very careful with your microwave to stir it often, I think it would be fine. But you would have to be careful that it didn't boil over. 
All right. And it'll make your house smell good. Absolutely. Thank you, Calandra. Thank you. Right, who else? Okay. Well, I'll probably take one more and then I need to do one more step in my recipe. Okay, because we... right now there isn't anybody. And I know as soon as I finish talking, whenever that is, <laughs> somebody right. raises okay. their hand. But so go ahead and go and then we'll okay. get them. Okay. All right. So on to the next step. The timer has dinged. And that was my first timer, which is for my pumpkin spice syrup, which has been cooling. The stock pot handle on my pot is silicone and it is cool to the touch. Um, if you're concerned, you know, cover your hands. I have a silicone glove I'll use in a minute for my coffee mixture. But I'm just going to slowly pour into the sieve, which is straining, into the Pyrex. Oh, this is working so much better. When I did this before, I used a sieve that was one and one half inches wide. Echo, stop. And this time I'm using a sieve that's more like five to six inches wide, and that's working much better. All right, I've poured all the mixture into the sieve. Echo, stop. But it is um, cooling in the sieve. So what I will have to do is then gently run my spoon along the inside of the sieve, allowing the liquid to run through and just the sludge to remain. And this does so much for the texture, it's unbelievable. It's just gonna be like maybe, I can still hear it draining. I've held it up above the, directly above the Pyrex, be sure not to move it to the right or left for it to drip on the, all right, it's still dripping, slowing down, and it stopped. So I'm gonna place my sieve in a bowl that I've prepared for the sludge to go into. And you can just feel with your spoon, it's, it's still a beautiful texture. It's not thick exactly. As you feel it with your spoon, it is a little bit viscous. It's maybe the consistency if you had a carafe full of table syrup and you and you were running your spoon, it's not honey, it's not molasses, but it's like the thickness of a light syrup, which is, is exactly what you want. So I'm gonna feel the edge of the Pyrex. I'd really like that to be cooler. Show them the carafe, the handle from the pot is in the way. Oh. I really like this to be a little cooler, so I'm going to leave that set. The second timer went off, which is for my coffee. Um, and the French press stainless steel has cooked for seven minutes, which is the magic number I have found to bring it to just under boiling. Because as you know from the ins and outs of coffee, you don't want it too hot to over extract. So just under boiling. And then I have my grounds that I flavored with my maple flavoring and they smell amazing. And then directly into the water in the stainless steel French press, go five heaping tablespoons of coffee grounds, in this case, decaf coarse grind. You know the old joke, what's the distance it takes to forget a number between one and five? It's distance from your vessel to your all right, there's that. And I take the same fork that I used to stir the coffee and the oils and I gently stir my, my French press with the coffee in. And then it sits for seven minutes. So Echo, please set a timer for seven minutes. Seven minutes, starting now. Isn't that thing amazing? I know Lucy has things, uh, games to play with Lady A a, a lot of weeks, and that's, uh, she's a lifesaver in the kitchen, I tell you. I ask her things all the time. Sometimes the folks will say, the question. There are approximately 1,095,000. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> 
There's two I'm in this here, Ready to answer your questions and tell jokes about cats. Echo, stop. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna move to the pouring phase now. I've got my emptied Kramer container and a funnel. And I think for the better part of Valor, I'm going to set my Kramer container and my funnel in the sink for this. We don't want any accidents. So then I will take the Pyrex, the four cup Pyrex, which Glory B has a pouring spout and just gently pour it through the funnel. Now it has been strained, so it should not clog up the funnel. And I can hear it going in. So that's good. All right. So there's that. I wouldn't put it in the fridge just yet. I'd leave it laying on the counter for a bit. You know what's interesting? Using a different sieve, it filled up fuller than it did the other day. I don't know if that means I let more in or less in or just what that means, but I'm going to leave it uncapped on the back of my counter to cool. And I keep wanting to talk to you about my kitchen a minute while the coffee is steeping. Um, just shared kitchen, but my folks will have given me a whole coffee counter here. It's, it's a whole section of the kitchen just for coffee. It has my K-cup, it has my espresso machine, my grinder, and a large Lazy Susan. Um, you know when you buy coffee, particularly, not anymore at Walmart, uh, because their, their containers are plastic now, but at Kroger, you get the metal canisters when you buy a pound of coffee or, or a large amount of coffee. Well, I've taken them and uh, put dry erased contact paper on them so that it can be written on them once inside. So I have one for decaf, one for chicory, one for French roast, and one for flavored coffees. And this is a flavor blend I've made myself. So into this flavor blend goes the little bit of coffee grounds that I didn't need because I made a half cup's worth of maple coffee grounds and I only needed five tablespoons. So that little bit extra bit gets saved in my flavored coffee canister. And this flavored coffee right now probably has a hazelnut and gingerbread. That's probably about what it has in it right now. So that has been lovely. And it really doesn't leave too much of a mess. So this is a good project. I love fall, don't you? It's wonderful to see these, these smells and flavors. Now for Georgia, it really hasn't cooled off all that whole much just yet. But every now and then we'll feel the cool in the air and, and know it's coming. There is hope. There is hope. All right. I'm just cleaning up a little bit here. The coffee should be ready any minute. I don't want to ask her how long is left because I don't want to start her talking again. But I can't wait to experiment more with these with these flavors. And you have choices. So I'll go ahead and talk about the next step until she interrupts me. The next step is going to be the making of the actual cup. Now you could have started with any foundation now because you have your flavoring prepared. You have your pumpkin spice. You could start with unflavored beans, decaf or regular. Any roast you want, if you want a medium roast, you will taste the pumpkin spice more. So that would probably be my recommendation. But if you're a dark roast person like I am, it's just worth it to use the pumpkin spice and enjoy the mix between the two. I know those of you who like dark roast will understand. You could mix this with milk at any fat level. The people on the original TikTok used heavy cream and they, took this and they added about a pint so they would have filled up. So if it's a third full of, of liquid in the creamer container, they would have filled up the creamer container and made your own pumpkin spice creamer, like I said before, for a much limited cost of what it would for about $5.62, which again is the price of one if you buy it at Starbucks. So 
I choose not to put mine into milk, but I was saying you could use any milk fat content you wanted. Um, and if you could find a way to make this with artificial sweetener and use a low fat milk or even a half and half, you'd be cutting calories that way. This is pretty rich drink the way I'm gonna prepare it, which is going to be this maple flavored French press, which is decaf because it's at the time of this original airing, it is 6.35. And uh, I forgot to say before, greetings to anyone listening on media or who hears this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Don't want to neglect you out there. And, and it may not be a decaf hour when you're making this, but if it's not, you can go with regular. Just your choice about the flavoring of the beans, no flavoring, the roast, all of that. You can customize your cup. Just a simple, simple K-cup. I've got everything from Swiss water processed decaf, everything from Kona. Uh, right now I also have blueberry, dark roast, and Italian at my disposal for K-cups. So you could choose any one of those. I may buy one that's a medium just to try it for the purposes of these oils to see if the flavors come through better and I like it better. So what I plan to do is probably for this half and half pumpkin spice syrup, and then we will get to topics. Uh, I, and there she is. Yes. All right. Echo, stop. So the plunger is the same shape as the French press, and it has a lid. You affix the lid, and you can feel where the lid clicks into place, leaving the funnel spout that the coffee will ultimately pour out of. Grab hold of the coffee press with, I'm using a silicone gloved hand, an oven-proof glove, and push down. But again, for those of you not making French press for this, K-cup coffee is just fine. Any coffee is fine. Cold brew, I've made it with cold brew. And then you just gently press down, gently, 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 until you feel the resistance. And now we have French press ready to drink. So we'll move on to assembly. But first of all, do we have any hands? No, ma'am. All right. I am a person who likes to gild the lily, so apologies if you're not. You can drink your black coffee all day long. I will be joining you with my accoutrement. I'm starting with a clear cup for the benefit of anyone watching this. I pour the, I use the school teacher method. That's what I was taught. Save a spoon by adding the cream first. So I've just added same amount of half and half I always do. I can't take a measurement on that. Then I will go in with a little bit of the pumpkin spice syrup. Okay, Cicely, Monica. Yes. Monica oh. puts her hand up. Right. Go for it, Monica. Um, I wanted to help Lucy with her question from earlier, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so at our house, we have a blend of a sweetener that is erythritol with monk fruit. And you can get it from Costco. The brand is called Whole Earth. Yes, it is pricey, but I don't have a lot of sweet things, so it's about $7 a bag. Um, I think it's two pounds, um, and it does say on the bag that it's a one-to-one -one ratio, although things to me are tasting very sweet, so I'll probably change that and use less, but that's an idea. Usually the containers or bags will tell you what the ratio is. Hope so whole, whole Earth, is that, is that, say the name of the ingredient yes. again? It's, the brand is called Whole Earth, and you can buy it at Costco. Oh, that's where we get it. That's and wonderful. it's it's monk fruit with erythritol. There's different kinds of sweeteners. There's xylitol as well, but that's not in this blend. Okay, okay. All right. Cool, thank you. You're welcome. My only experience with xylitol is that it would poison my dog. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, 
but you you said you're not you're not having dogs in your house because of allergies so right but i don't use xylitol for other reasons so sure sure well that's good so lucy your sister might try that if it is one-to-one and then it may make this up just just perfect right any other hands yes ma'am you have two we'll go okay. to sandra 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 b you are muted, Sandra. Yes, ma'am. Thank there you. There you go. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Okay. Um, I was wondering if you could repeat the recipe again, the ingredients, the amounts. Yes. Thank yes. you. I didn't get the sugar in the puree. How much? Yes. It is a half, a cup and a half of sugar. A cup and a half okay. of sugar. Uh-huh. A cup uh -huh. and a half of water. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. Two tablespoons <laughs> of pumpkin spice. Okay. Yes, ma'am. And three tablespoons of pumpkin puree. You say uh, two? Two tablespoons. Did you get that? that? What was the last one again, please? Two. The pumpkin puree. Two of them, though, right? Or three. Three. Okay. Three. So it's one and a half, one and a half, then two, and then three. That's correct. Got it. Thank you okay. so much. I got that. Yeah. You're welcome. You probably weren't the only one wondering. <laughs> she wasn't. Good. Thank you. Me too. You okay. Too. Calendra. <laughs> there you go. I would, have, I would have to say that, you know, I'm wondering, I was wondering the same thing. Um, but with the uh, the Smith's pumpkin spice coffee thing, what sort of coffee grounds can you use? I mean, can you use uh, like ones that are already, you know, can you use the coffee grounds that can be reusable or do you have to use fresh ones? And, you know, what kind of coffee grounds can we use like, uh, Fozers or anything from Starbucks or whatever. You could use any flavors you like. So you could use Folgers. That would be a baseline flavor. Or if you wanted to be, I like layering flavors. So if you like Starbucks, yeah, if you like Starbucks pumpkin spice coffee grounds and you layered that with pumpkin spice syrup, I think that would be amazing. Now it might be a lot. Oh, yeah. So, I like the latte. You know the chocolate latte. <laughs> yeah, try it. Try anything. Try everything. I'm all for it. All right. Anybody else? Uh, oh, let me just say first, thank you very much for repeating that. Well, you're welcome. Uh, no, ma'am. All right. I'm gonna go back to the to the making of. So so far we have. Our pumpkin spice syrup, we have our half and half in the bottom of a coffee cup. Then I'm gonna go in with the decaf French press maple flavored coffee, which I pour over a tray so I don't make a mess. And then because I like to gild the lily, on top of that is going to go ready whip. Believe it or not, zero sugar. <laughs> which is, there's that. And then caramel syrup, just for a little. So I'm gonna hold this up in case anybody's watching. So take my first sip. Mm. Oh my goodness, it could be stronger. For my taste, it could be stronger, but that's good. Mm. Delicious. Stir it up, get the pumpkin spice all the way distributed through it. Let's try it again. Oh, very good. I feel like you can taste the maple. I really do. So, 
This is still not cool enough to go in the refrigerator, so I won't try to refrigerate it just now. Would anybody like to tell me if they've got other favorite things they like about fall? Obviously pumpkin spice and obviously cooler weather for those of us in the South. What else do people like about fall? I know Debbie McDonald's on this call and she uh, posts on Facebook a lot of times these, oh no, it, it tells me what they say and they're little inspirational sayings like, good morning friends. And the other day it said something about goodbye. Goodbye, August. Hello, fall. I don't know when the first official day of fall actually is, or if we've passed it or not. Cecily, uh, Calandra has her hand up. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Calandra. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't want to hear from others that haven't spoken yet, but did you ask about fall? Yeah. What's your favorite thing um, about fall? Oh my goodness, that's strange because this morning they had a question about the favorite things on ACB Presents. Oh, yeah? And a lot of people said that they like the leaves falling or they like the smell of Bob. What I like about Bob is that, for one, it's cooler and the flies are not as uh pronounced as it is in the summer um we have fewer bugs for one thing and the leaves i like to hear the sound of the leaves falling from the trees and the smells that um you know would are absolutely heavenly they make me think of holidays coming up and you can actually smell fall in the air if you know what I mean. I do. And where, where are you looking? Yeah. Where are you mm -hmm. in the country? Are you up north, down south? Yeah, I'm in Texas. Texas. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm with you on that cooler weather and those bugs dying out. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's not so plain hot. <laughs> but now when winter comes around, it is no picnic. Yep. But I love hearing, you know, about different things, even though I don't care for Halloween that much. I'm always looking forward to Thanksgiving. And I'm looking forward to Labor Day, which is coming up before Bob. So, you know, that's true. One, one last mm -hmm. one last chance for for something summery before before fall if you still need to get in one last barbecue. Yeah. Well, let, let me go. Let me get back on here. Okay, Lucy. All right. Fall. Um I love the apples that are available in mm. fall. <laughs> Um, you know, all of the different kinds of apples and apple cider. And aren't, you known for that? aren't you known for that in Michigan too? Yeah, we we are. Yes, we do have a lot of apples in Michigan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I used to, gosh, I used to buy like tons of apples and make uh, applesauce. My, I had a, what they call a Foley mill. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's like uh, um, you just cut up your apples in quarters. You don't core them or anything or peel them. You cook them and then you pour your apples into this thing. And it's it's kind of like a, a sieve and it has a crank on it. And so you crank it and it grinds the apples and leaves all the seeds and peels in the pan and all the yummy applesauce goes down into a bowl and and um yeah homemade applesauce just yummy maybe my grandma had one of those yeah because this one was my mom's yeah yeah it sounds delicious my mom makes applesauce but she doesn't make it that way mm. i don't know how she makes it in the instant pot these days that instant pot is amazing yeah i suppose yeah i guess you could do but it you, in a food processor yeah but you do have to peel and core and all that stuff so. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to steal the question of the day. I was just thinking about pumpkin spice and yeah, hey. about fall. That's cool. <laughs> okay, Miss Cecily, we have 10 minutes. Okay, okay, all right. Well, that's great. I've been so pleased with this, you guys. It went so great. And if you try it, I hope it works. And if it doesn't work and you'd like or need more guidance, um, community at acb.org can connect you to me. I'd be happy to talk with you about anything offline that you might have more questions about. I'm looking forward to playing with these oils more. I know there's people who have made requests about getting the flavor without the sweetness. So I'm looking forward to playing with these oils. Especially there's the, the second one I'm the second most excited about after maple is marshmallow because I'm thinking of different options. Maybe not hot chocolate based, but maybe coffee based s'mores products. So toasted graham cracker crumbs for the topping. I know that much. And I know marshmallow flavored coffee maybe marshmallow fluff on top and chocolate syrup. Yeah, or do one of my chocolate spoons. I don't know if I've ever talked about my chocolate spoons on this call. And that could be a, a collaboration call between ins and outs of coffee and crafts, ACB crafters. I'll have to talk to Kayla about that. But essentially it's a plastic spoon dipped in a recipe of coating chocolate, coconut oil and flavoring. And so you could use these flavorings in chocolate, I believe, because they're oil-based. If they were water-based, they would seize the chocolate. But since they're oils, I think you could have, you could flavor fudge with them. But for the purposes of the dipped spoon, you could start with a white chocolate, for example, add in the coconut oil and marshmallow flavor, chocolate flavor, dip the spoon in, set it on wax paper and let it dry. And then when you stir your hot coffee or your hot chocolate, then the, then the chocolate from the spoon melts off into it. And it's very sweet, but it's very delicious. I said, oh yeah, it's a great gift. Oh. You can tie a ribbon around it, tie it in a, in a Ziploc with a label or it, with cellophane and a ribbon. And you've got your, yourself a lovely gift there. So we will, be on the lookout to see what happens next with these flavoring oils. Who knows, there might be a subsequent call if we think of some combinations that could be good. And we're going to close up a few minutes early, but I appreciate you all joining us so much. Thank you, Belinda, for streaming. And thank you, Cindy, for being our host. Thank you all for coming, and I hope you have a great afternoon. <laughs>